this morning. Praise God. Amen. 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 Somebody say amen. amen. So be it. That's what that means. Amen. Well, I couldn't barely contain myself over there, so I'm not making any promises this morning that I'm going to be able to contain myself. In fact, I can probably guarantee that I won't be able to contain myself, so hopefully you got seatbelts on. We're going to go for a little ride this morning, and I'm just excited. I'm always so thankful. Most of the time, pastor's not here, and they have time to edit the messages before he gets to see them. So it's going to be challenging for me. Um, it's going to be hard to get this edited, Eli. I don't know. The pastor said... Pastor said, I have plenty of time because I only do 20-minute messages to begin with. So go ahead and look at the clock. You won't be missing the Super Bowl today. But every Sunday, I just am so thankful. And every time that we get a chance to be together, God wants to do super things. He wants to do special things. Today's game day is probably one of the most watched programs in the whole entire world, probably, you know, today, there'll be more people watching TV than anything else. They're going to be watching the Super Bowl. It's just something that every, it's just an American pastime. People love it. This baseball, the World Series, and things like that. And so everybody's excited. People, everybody's going to do something today for the Super Bowl. Some of you wearing your uniforms. Well, when the 49ers lost, my son Jack, I mean, literally, there was tears coming out of his eyes. And he was just like, he hung his. I felt so sorry for him, but you know what? Not everybody can be in the Super Bowl, right? The great thing with God is, is that he's called us all to be champions. He's called us all to do great and mighty things for his name. And I'm excited this morning. I'm just thankful, like I said, to have the opportunity. Thank you, Pastor and Pastor Sue. It's just a pleasure. I've been coming to church here for 15 years. And what a blessing. What a tremendous change it's made in my life. I got out of the Marine Corps in the end of 1996 and beginning in 1996 and then started serving in children's church and I just want to tell you this morning this is you know maybe not a commercial but it could be misconstrued and I will twist your arm and your leg but children children's ministry changed my life and those of you who have never been involved in children's ministry maybe you have maybe you need to get back involved I've learned more about the Word of God. I've learned how to communicate better. I've done so many things just by ministering to children. And God just, there's something special about ministering to kids that God will bless your life. In the kingdom of God, to go up, you got to go down. If you're going to be the greatest, you got to be the servant. So after service, there should be plenty of room for you to sign up somewhere to get involved with something in the church because God said, pray for laborers for this harvest. We need everybody involved and those of you who come to this church, we love you. You're our family. This is just, we're so thankful for each and every one of you to participate just in being part of what great things God is doing in this community. And the word on the street, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to get to the message, but it's only 20 minutes long, so, you know, i got plenty of time. The word on the street, and I heard this, and you know it's true because she's a hairdresser. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a good thing Lori's not in here right now. Um, it's not Lori. It's a different hairdresser. But the word on the street, this is a blessing. This is amazing news because it's getting out into the public that solid rock is the place to be if you're a homeless person. And, and the word is that they get taken care of here. 
that it, they, they get everything, and it's just been a tremendous blessing, and it's getting out around the public. So all of you who are in charge or being a part of that or cooking or doing it, give, let's just give God the glory for it. And this is, this is coming from somebody who doesn't go to our church. And she's, you know, she watches from the outside. She might be watching on television this morning. We love you. But that's, that's what people are talking about is the hospitality and the way that we take care of people. And, and the people that sometimes get the least attention, when you give them the attention, it makes a greater impact. Amen? Amen. Much, much is forgiven. Those people who love much. I, I love God. I've been forgiven. Woo! I'm still getting forgiven. Woo! There's going to be more for me to be forgiven from. Hey! You know what? We make mistakes on a daily basis, but you can't live your life in the past because you know God has got great things for you. Amen? Amen. This morning, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that your word is power. I thank you that it's dunamis, it's dynamite, it's everything that we need to accomplish your will for our lives. Father, I thank you that we've been learning about vision and calling. And Father, this morning, I thank you that each and every one of us have a destiny in you, a purpose. And Father, I think that it doesn't just include us and our family, but it includes somebody else. It includes others. And Lord God, this morning, I thank you that you're going to develop a confidence in us, a confidence, a knowing, a boldness, a courage that we're going to live beyond ourselves. We're going to make an impact in this world, in this community. And we're going to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Everybody shouted, amen. Amen. Well, open up your Bibles this morning, 1 John chapter 5. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about confidence. Confidence. Often, confidence is the missing link. It's the missing element to our faith. I was reading this book recently that was a compilation of the sermons that Smith Wigglesworth wrote back in late 1800s, early, early 1900s. And it was amazing because he said, I never met a man who ever got anything from heaven while he was still on earth. And I was like, what? How's that? He never got anything from heaven while he was still on earth. And basically what he said is, is you got to get out of here. You got to get out of this place and get to another place and then bring it back to earth. So this morning, I, I'm telling you, get out of where you're at. You got to get in your prayer time, in your time, and you got to go to that place. Come and boldly into the throne room of grace because that's what we need. It's the power of God at the time of the need to grab a hold of what we need so that we can give it out to somebody else. God wants to use you as a vessel, as a channel, as a conduit, as somebody who can deliver the good news, who can deliver the healing, who can deliver the message of his grace. Amen? Confidence is the missing link. 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, are you guys with me this morning? If we ask anything, I like full participation, please. If we ask anything, almost 90% of them are awake this morning. Well, between Eli's preaching so long for the other thing I can understand, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's right. I don't need that much time, thank God. This is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything. According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. We're talking about confidence this morning. We're talking about 
confidence this morning. There was a story that I read about a Japanese general. And Japanese, the back, and I don't know, I'm not saying all of them, but there's a stereotypical thing that they're very superstitious people by nature. Now there's plenty of Japanese people who are born again, serving God, things are different. I'm just talking about this specific group of people. They were from Japan in that time frame. This Japanese general was faced with insurmountable odds. They were so severely outnumbered that literally the hearts of his warriors were melting. They had cowered back into a position that there was no way. They knew they were doomed. There was no chance. There was no way. And they said, forget about it. Let's surrender. But the general, somehow, some way, he knew that they could win, regardless of the odds, regardless of the opposition, regardless of the reports of how many were against him versus how many he had at his disposal. So that general knew. He said, I'll tell you what, guys, we're going to go and I'm going to flip a coin. And if it lands on heads, that means we're going to win. And if it lands on tails, then we're going to go ahead and surrender right now. And all the men gathered around him, and the Japanese general pulled the coin out of his pocket. All the guys are staring at him. Goes flying up in the air. Lands in his hand. He claps it. He flips it over on his wrist. He looks. Heads it is. Next thing you know, puts the coin back in his pocket. The warrior's hearts are rallied. Everybody's fired up. They go under all this opposition. They are so fired up. They go and actually defeat the enemy. It stops the whole deal. They're done. The lieutenant comes up to the general afterward. He goes, that was just amazing. Amazing that destiny was already written, that we were going to win that battle. And the Japanese general said, yeah, it was destiny. And he pulled out the coin. Both sides were heads. <laughs> See, a lot of times in life, you're going to face insurmountable odds. But you got to remember, God said, we're the head and not the tail. We always are the heads. We always win when it looks bad, when it looks wrong, when it looks opposite, it looks impossible. We're heads, not the tail. So this morning, that's just a little fun thing. But it was true. Hebrews 10.35, do not cast away your confidence because it has a great reward. I want to stir up your faith this morning. I want to inspire you this morning to believe something that you may not have believed before, to go a place in God that you never thought was possible. I want to inspire you this morning, not just with a hype or a motivation like this game is going to produce today, because we're all going to be, woo, yeah, whoa, go, no, oh. We're going to have all these different emotions going on. But with God, there's something that's supernatural. It inspires you from the inside. That no matter what hype is going on, no matter what resistance you're facing, you can continue to press towards the mark of the high call because that's uh, it's something that takes a lot of confidence to do. Amen. Pastor was talking to us in his office a few weeks ago, and he said, I really feel that this year, 2012, is going to be a year that we're going to have to resist temptation like never before. And I've been meditating on what he said about temptation and just thinking about that and, and just studying it. And I just really felt like the Spirit of God told me the greatest temptation that we're going to have to fight this year as people of God, as men and women, is going to be the temptation to quit, the temptation to give up, the temptation that, yeah, maybe God's called me to do this, but, you know, that's the temptation that we're going to have to resist. And there's going to be others. But I really felt like it wasn't going to be drugs, it wasn't going to be alcohol, it wasn't going to be all the, the normal temptations that we face, but it was going to be the temptation to, 
stop going after the call of God, to stop going after the vision. Joseph was in prison for all those years. He'd been a slave. He'd been passed around 13 years later. He still held on to the dream. No matter what you're facing right now, it's just a part of the process. We can't give up our confidence on God that he's going to do his part. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He didn't show us this. He didn't save you. He didn't deliver you to let you fall. He did because he wants to take you to another place. He wants to take you to another level. You're in the game, and you're going to win because we're always heads. Amen? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. When you have confidence, you won't run from the battle. You'll run to it. When you have confidence, you won't doubt that God heard your prayer. You'll believe and receive it by faith. When you have confidence, you can get laid off or lose a deal or a contract and know in your heart that God has something better for you. When you have confidence, you'll have the assurance that God will cause all things to work together for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. When you have confidence... You can look at one thing and say, you know what? I don't care what it looks like. I know God said I'm going to make it. I know God will bring me through it. He didn't start to let me quit. He didn't, he didn't pick me up to let me down. Courage. Courage is the quality of mind or spirit that makes a person face difficulty, danger, pain, etc. without fear, bravery. When you have confidence, you're going to be courageous. When you have confidence, you'll have boldness because you'll understand that it's not just you you're working with here. In fact, you're one of the, the minor, minor roles in this thing. But you play a huge part. Yeah. Only believe. There's so many times in Scripture, throughout the Scripture, and different things look so impossible, they look like there was no way. And Jesus would speak these two words, only believe. Jairus' daughter was dying. There's so many different things happening in so many different places in the Bible. He said, only believe. There's something that has stir up in us, a confidence. When everything else seems to be going wrong, everything seems not to be quite going right, only believe. We believe that his word is paramount. We believe that his word is the truth. We believe that his word is the solid rock foundation on which we stand. I was frustrated a couple months ago and I was thinking, what is my problem? I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible and I'm just mad. I know none of this has ever happened to you. You guys are church people, dignified. A little bit of religiosity going on. I don't know. I wore my cat of human shirt this morning just in case there's some past Catholics in here. Former. You know, this is kind of the modified New, uh, New Testament priestly, priestly uh, collar. So I was frustrated. And I'm like, God, what is the problem? What's going on here? Why aren't things working the way that I know they should? I know that your word is true. I know. I know that I know that I know that I heard your voice. Some of you, you know your parents' voice. You know, you know different people on TV's voice. You know different superstars' voice. Athletes. We did an illustration in children's church, and I recorded pastor and a bunch of different people, and the kids would just boom, 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 boom. I know the voice. You know the voice of Creflo Dollar. You know the voice of your pastor. You know the voice of Joyce Meyer. Whoever it is, your favorite preachers, your favorite things, different teachers in your life. You know their voice, your parents, just like that. That's how we're to know God's voice. God wants his sheep to know his voice so that the voice of a stranger we do not follow. We know his voice. How do we know his voice? We know his voice by what he says. You don't always know God's voice by how it sounds. You know God's voice by what he says. 
There's going to be a lot of lies and deceit and things that are going on all over. But when you can stop and listen to the voice of God, you'll have an assurance. You'll have a confidence that no matter what it looks like, no matter what's going on, no matter what situation you're in, you know you can put a smile on your face because you know you're going to get there. You know you're going to make it. You know this storm may wreck everything else. Your ship might be broken up, but you're going to reach your destination. Amen? Boldness is not hesitating or fearful in the face of actual possible danger or rebuff. It's courageous and daring. Courage comes from confidence. Confidence comes from consistency. Consistency comes from making a commitment. Commitment comes from answering the call of God. God's called each and every one of us to do something great. It comes from the call. And you're not going to hear the call unless you have communion with God. You're spending time with Him. And that's when you hear His voice. And that builds on each one of those things. I started with the end in mind. God sees our life from the end and then back where we're at now. He's changing us. He's changing us. I had to repent. I was reading this book, the same one about Smith Wigglesworth, and he's like, if you're not advancing every day, you're backslidden. I was like, what is today? Haven't been making too many advancements. Not only today, but yesterday wasn't so hot, and I know none of you guys ever feel like this, so I'm just going to share myself. Last week wasn't so hot. This, as a matter of fact, this whole last year, I don't feel like I've been advancing much. Repent, Lord God, forgive me. So, back to what I was telling you, I was feeling frustrated. And all this stuff comes out at the same time. You know, it's kind of funny how that works. God just tends to get your attention. It's amazing. I hear people say, the Lord works in mysterious ways. It's not too mysterious to me. (laughs) It's not too mysterious to me. It's pretty obvious, amen? (laughs) I'm preaching to normal people here that have real problems and real life and real family and real situations. You know what I'm talking about. But God wants to help us. He's on our side. I'm feeling frustrated, and I just hear hear the Spirit of God say, you're just digging deeper. And I think it was Sean was preaching, maybe he shared the, the vision that the Lord showed me. I was watching this documentary on, the, on the, tr- the trade center and the towers. They're rebuilding them. 175 feet deep was the foundation that they had to pour before they could get out of the ground at all. 175 feet. And so as I'm praying, I just see God just gives me this vision. It says, you're just digging. You're just digging deeper. So this morning, if you feel like you're going down instead of up, you're just digging. You're digging. You're digging. You're digging. You're digging deeper. You're getting stronger. You're, you're putting the rebar and the supports in place. You're getting everything set because you're going to come up and you're going to come out. And when you're there, you might just end up, might just be like Joseph, where one day you're in the prison, the next day you're second in charge of the whole entire kingdom. See, we think, oh, maybe it's going to happen in, no, God's a God of suddenlies. When you pass the test, Boom! All of a sudden, you go from, whoa, whoa, where'd that, how'd that happen? Not so mysterious. That's how God works. That's how he works. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. I remember when I was, when I was younger, my, my, my mom and we were making cookies and we just happened to be, I think it was butter, 
we're a little short on butter. And you know chocolate chip cookies, how are you going to make them without butter, right? I'm sure there's other ways, but it wasn't part of my recipe. And my mom, she's like, why don't you just go down to the neighbors real quick and, and go ahead and pick up, pick up a, see if we can borrow them. We'll just tell them we're going to go to the store and we'll bring another one back. So I, I ran down there. I think I might have been not maybe teenage, but maybe 10, 11. And they had this ugly dog. It was an ugly dog. It was just one of those dogs you're just like, God, why did you create this species of animal? I mean, no one could get any kind of enjoyment out of even looking at this dog, let alone having it as their pet. So I said, I went to the neighbor's house, and, and I'm knocking on the door. And, I op- and they open up the door, and this dog jumps out and takes a chunk out of my side. And I was just like shaking. I was scared. I'm just like, I wanted to kill the dog, but I was like, that's not going to happen. So I was just, she's like, come on in. And, and I'm trying to like show her this spot without, sh- you know, when my, it's like not a good spot. So <laughs> she's giving me band-aids and stuff like that and stuff to rub on. And I went home and told my mom. And she's like, oh, you're, you're okay. You're fine. Don't worry about it. But at, after that, it was just weird. I just started not being afraid of dogs. And I was just like, this is crazy. You know, like my grandparents, they had a bunch of dogs. I mean, dogs, I don't even heard of the different breeds. There were so many different of them. It was like ranch dogs. There's like Rottweilers and different things. And I've watched these dogs just literally like someone just comes into the ranch property and they're not invited and they hop the fence. I mean, I've literally watched people just get their arms ripped and, I mean, just like mauling people. I'm just like, and that was back when, People weren't suing people for, you know, their dogs biting or anything like that. Uh, that's happened to me before. I used to have this Jack Russell. She's been, she's been passed around the church a few times and she's, until, she got, until she got excommunicated from Eldorado County. Fortunately, Sacramento County, Sacramento County took her in. She's a... Yeah, she's this big, but yeah, she's vicious. Well, I'm afraid of dogs. I'm at my grandparents' ranch. I didn't want to go in. I didn't want to go into my grandparents. I'd have to call and say, hey, can you send Grandpa out? I'm at the gate. Like, I need escort. Somebody needs to come out here. Even after I lived there for a little while with my dad, we, we had a separate house on the property, and I'd sneak down around the house and because I know the dogs were over here. I'd go in over here and just... Hopefully they didn't wake up. I, and so this has just bothered me over the years. So then I, I get out of the Marine Corps, and I think I'm super tough. But I, somewhere deep inside, I'm still not too hot on dogs, right? <laughs> so I get, I'm, I'm staying over in Greenstone Country, and uh, a friend of ours, Mick and Sue's house, and I'm out in the front, and you would not believe it. I look over, and not far from me, probably like from the front row, there's this dog. I don't even know what kind of breed it was, but I saw all of its teeth. So maybe that's why I didn't see how long the hair was or the color or anything else. All I saw was these fangs. And I'm telling you, I just got petrified instantly. I turned just far enough to see how far the front door was. And I thought, there's no way. I am not going to make it to the door. And this dog looks like it's ready to eat me. 
for lunch. And something just rose up on the inside of me. I'm telling you, it was like never, ever had this happen before that time. And after that, it's happened quite a few times since. (laughs) Something rose up on the inside of me, and I just looked at that dog. And I said, go in Jesus' name. And this dog took off and howled and scared, took off and ran away. And I thought, wow. I didn't have time to pray, God, save my life right now. I didn't have time to say, hey, God, you see this dog wants to eat me. But his word, his word rose up on the inside of me. And even though all these different things were facing me from my past, I'm thinking, this is it. This dog's going to tear my arm off at least. I need them both. (laughs) Something rose up on the inside of me, and I said, go. And since then, it's happened probably three or four other times with different dogs trying to come after me. I don't know what it is. They just tested me. They're testing me. I still got it. I haven't lost it. And in your life, There's going to be times when you don't have time to pray. You don't have time to go and seek the Lord about it. In fact, in the book of Numbers, if you look it up, you might want to study later. Moses, in Exodus chapter 14, they were getting ready to go over the Red Sea, and and God already told them, I've already hardened the Pharaoh's heart. He's coming after you. And all the children of Israel, in verse number 8, we are bold. The Bible says they were filled with boldness. They were just like, we are going after this. We're out of here. By verse number, what was it? Verse number 11, there ain't even any graves out here, and we're going to die. You can at least let us get buried in Egypt. I mean, three verses later, obviously, it's probably more than just as fast as you can read it. Time's going on. And they're going off on Moses, and Moses, it doesn't say how it happened, but Moses cried out to God. He's like, God. It doesn't really give us a lot of detail right there, but you know what's happening. Moses thinks, they're not going to be a grave for all them and me. So, God, you're going to have to do something. And God just says this, why are you crying to me? Stretch forth your hand over the Red Sea and watch it be parted before you. So many times we're waiting for God to do something miraculous, do something courageous, do something, and God's just saying, stretch out your hand. Use your confidence. Use your faith. Use what I've given you and declare, and it shall be. Elijah picked up the mantle from Elijah, and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And then he said this, I just, boom, he stretched out his hand, smacked the water, and it was parted before him, and he walked over. God has placed everything on the inside of you that you need for the rest of your life. We just got to find out what these gifts are. We got to find out what these abilities are. We got to find out this hidden treasure that's in earthen vessels that's worth more valuable than gold, more precious than diamonds. There's something in the inside of you that God is going to bring out if you allow him to take you through the process. No matter what circumstance, no matter what kind of opposition, you will make it. You will come through it because God has already made you a promise. Use your power. Use your power. Use your power. Anything and whatsoever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's John 14, 13. I'm on the second page. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed 
This world, this world is just propagating fear, doubt, unbelief. And God's saying, only believe. And you're saying, but I'm here 90% of the time, I'm hearing fear, doubt, and unbelief. And God's saying, only believe. Use your confidence, use your power. Maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's in a job, maybe it's in, in something you have your faith for, and just like it's not happening the way I want. I don't see this coming together here. Only believe. Use your confidence. Use your power. We can't be conformed, but we have to be transformed. He's transforming us into his likeness, into his image. He didn't, he's not going to leave you where he found you. I get a chance to talk to a lot of young people from juvenile hall. We go once a month and just different times. I just get opportunities to talk to different young people. And a lot of times I hear this. Well, when I get it together, I'm going to God. And I start laughing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because you never can get it together. We can never get it together. We got to go to God, and then he gets us together. That's backwards. But that's what the world has got them thinking. That's why we can't be conformed to that. We have to be transformed. We knew our mind that God is the one who's going to change us inside out if we will allow him to. If we ask him to. We make that commitment. God will do the transformation. It's not just going to happen. We have to want it. Here's the biblical pattern that I've seen throughout the scriptures. And I want to share it with you before we pray. I believe God is going to do some things this morning by his spirit because he's God and he wants to and he's already shared it with me. And if you're in here this morning, different, different ailments and different things God's already shown me he's going to heal this morning. So I want your faith to be ready to receive this morning. I want your confidence level to be up that you can grab a hold of what God has for you today, whether it's an answer or whether it's a solution or a healing. God's number one concern always, his priority is always redemption. But at the same time, he wants us healed. But there's been different times, and you can look historically, and it seems like it's impossible or it seems like it's unexplainable. But when we realize that God wants redemption, then sometimes the unexplainable becomes something that we can understand, even though it's hard because in our minds, we think, how could one person's hurt and suffering you know, justify? But when you're thinking about eternity, and when you're thinking about souls, and you're thinking about lost people, Jesus died so that we could have the life. And there's been different times historically where people have given their, literally, literally had to give their lives so that others could come. And there's one specific story that happened probably within the last hundred years that I was reading about. It was in, during the Korean War, and these different uh, people were very, very, very um, just brutal towards the ministers specifically and their families. And they literally told them, listen, you have to either denounce your faith and tell those people that all this Jesus Bible stuff is superstition and we'll let you live. Otherwise, jump in the hole, you and your whole entire family. And the family would get down in the hole and the kids would be crying out to their dad and say, hey, dad, but, you know, and any man that has children, I have three kids myself, I, I, I don't know, maybe I would, at that moment in time, I might be thinking, you know, I'm, hell might be better for me as long as my kids are alive. I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I know that's not the case, and that's not the scenario, but this family was there, and the father was about to say, I just made it up. He's, he was the preacher, and, and the wife said, no, honey, and he just all of a sudden said no, and they started singing a hymn about the Lord, 
and they began to, to bury this family alive. And even all the way up past their heads, they were singing praises to God. And the testimony is this. That family laid down their life, and almost every single one of the people that were standing around that grave that day all came to the Lord Amen. and were going to the church in Korea, the pastor chose church. They became members of his church and gave their lives to the Lord. So sometimes in things that seem impossible, I think about Dean and how she was in the hospital. I think how, you know, God, we prayed for her healing. We believe God. We have, you know, we have faith for this. And then you read stuff like that and you understand that God had a preacher in that, that house. God had a preacher in that place. You know how many souls came to heaven because of Dean's faithfulness to God, even throughout the difficulty? Some of you don't know her. She was like the mother, grandmother of her church. I mean, people that didn't have family, she would adopt them, just literally, physically, and Frank. And I looked at that, and I said, God, praise God. Because even though she was suffering herself, she still would preach the good news. Other people were healed. Other people were saved. Other people that would have never known the goodness of God. So God's number one thing is redemption. But he also wants his people whole and healed. But just, just to help you understand a perspective, it's a little shift. And sometimes we're just thinking about ourselves all the time. And I'm guilty of it. But it goes beyond us. That's why I was talking about your vision, your calling, your destiny. It goes beyond you. It goes beyond. And so this morning, I'm thankful because I believe God wants all of us in this place healed. Amen. There's none of us in here that have such an abundance of revelation that God's given us a thorn in the side. So we got to lose that excuse, amen? Well, God just made me sick to teach me a lesson. No, he didn't. That's the lie. That's the devil. He didn't do anything. But I'm just saying we have to be able to look at God and his sovereignty and his faithfulness and know that God has everything worked out. And sometimes when it doesn't make sense to us, God still has a plan and it's still going to come to pass, amen? biblical pattern was is we receive the promise by faith god said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god he did not waver at the promise through god through unbelief talking about abraham but he was strengthened in faith giving glory to god and being fully persuaded say fully persuaded persuaded. i said fully fully persuaded he was fully persuaded he was believing he was knowing that god was going to do it it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen the next day. It didn't happen the next week. It didn't happen the next year. It didn't even happen the next decade. But he was fully persuaded that no matter what, God said it, it's going to happen. His word is true. He's not a man that he can lie. They received the promise by faith. You can look throughout the Bible, and this is how it's going to work in your life. And if you see any different pattern, I'm, I'm open to it. But this is something that I've seen, men of God, man of God, man of God, after over and over and over. I've watched it in, in my lifetime, and I've read about it in the Bible. You receive the promise by faith, and then every time you're tested. Every time they were tested. David was anointed king. The first thing he did was had to go escape and run to a cave. Moses was the deliverer, and the first thing they did, they wanted to kill him. I mean, all kinds of different things are happening in the Bible, but it always comes to pass. They always, they always, they always came through. And the Bible says some of them just laid down their life for a better reward. But they all came through, tested by circumstances. The great voyage, I'm going to tell you this story in just a moment, but if I can get the worship team to come back as I finish this, it would be wonderful. Tested by circumstances. 
Jesus answered him and said, have faith in God. Maybe in your life you're looking at something that seems like a mountain looks so big that there's no way you're going to be able to get over it. Impossible. It's too high. It's too far. It's too big. Jesus said, have faith in God. Use your power. Use your confidence. Whosoever say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. The test brings out the best in you. The press brings out the best in you. We look at things, some of the greatest things, that all come from pressure. They say the, the most beautiful diamonds, it's because they're in a press. You can go ahead and start playing something as I finish this. It'd be great. Amen. There was this young man. He was maybe 10, 11 years old, and he would get invited by his father, who was the captain of the ship, many times to go on these voyages. And he was doing another transatlantic voyage, and crazy things happen. The next thing you know, the storm is so nuts. Everybody else on the ship is freaking out. They're running. They're gathering their family. They're praying their last prayers. They're, they're, they're making all the declaration for their wills because they think it's over. They've never seen a storm like this before. They're freaking out. I got an amen over there. Thank you. That's not the right part, though. You got to say amen later. No, just These Everybody grabbing their kids, grabbing their families, just like praying to God. And then they see this little boy just sitting there, just chilling, hanging out. I mean, the boat's rocking. I mean, you can imagine in your mind the waves, the wind, the storm. You've seen it on TV before, and it's just nuts, unbelievable. But this young man is just sitting there. And they finally, people started coming up to him, and they said, how are you able to sit here through this? And he said, this isn't my first voyage. And he said, you see this little hole right here? There was just a little window where he could see up on the bridge and he could see the captain and it was his father. And he said, you know what? My captain's the, my father's the captain of this ship. We've been through these before. We've been through these storms before and he's always, always, always brought me through. Today, maybe you're in this place and you're in a storm of your life. You're seeing, look through the window. Look through the window of his word. Let the illumination of the good news of Jesus Christ show you a glimpse of your captain and your king. He's still in charge. He's still guiding the ship. Even though you feel like it's been tossed to and fro and the winds and the waves and the storms has beat your ship and you feel like your voyage might not be going the way you want it to go. Just take a moment and look through the window and see your heavenly father. See, he's the captain and he's going to bring you through it. Amen. All right, I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. Father, I thank you. We receive the promise by faith and we're tested by circumstances. Lord, you said to them, have faith in God. Jesus, you were brought into the wilderness and you came forth with power. 
Lord, I thank you that we wouldn't cast away our confidence this morning. Not our confidence for souls. Not our confidence for finances. Not our confidence for healing. For souls, Lord God. For our community. And Lord, I thank you as they passed the test, Lord, the promise manifested itself. Even though they had it by faith, they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. This morning, God is going to confirm his word with signs following. He's going to confirm his word. This morning, some of you came with questions. I believe God's given you answers. Some of you felt like there were certain areas of your life that, that, that were maybe dark, you didn't quite see clearly. Thank God for the illumination right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for clarity for your people this morning. Some of you walked through these doors and you had the weight of the world on your shoulders. Be loosed in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you all to stand with me for just a moment. Father, this morning, if there's anybody in here, if there's anybody here this morning you've never accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, He is the true captain. He wants to take you on a voyage that you'll never look back. It's not easy. It costs you everything. It's a lifetime commitment. It's eternal. It's everything you've got every day of your life. But it's worth it. Because you're always the head and not the tail. So if there's anybody here this morning, we want to take just a moment. If you never had that opportunity or you just want to make that declaration this morning, put your hand up in the air. Say, I, I, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want you to remember me. Pray for me. Anybody that's never done that before and you want to do that this morning, God's number one thing is redemption. Number one, souls, lives changed. Anybody? Amen. So, Father, this morning, I just thank you. And I thank you this morning right now. If that's you and you're in this place and you were carrying the weight of the world this morning, as they began to sing, as they began to play, I just want you to lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And right now, as I pray over you, I'm just going to make a command. I already have the answer from the Lord. I already have the word of the Lord. It's a done deal. You're going to grab a hold of it by faith. You're not going to pick it up again. You're not going to re-grab the pack. You're not going to re-grab the... Nope. It's done. It's finished. Father, I thank you right now. You said, cast your cares on me because I care for you. So, Father, this morning we cast them off right now in Jesus' name. Right now. And I thank you for that peace of God that passes all understanding. It would reign in their hearts and in their minds. As they sing this one song together, I want you to sing it with me. And there's a couple other things I'm going to pray for very quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and worship together for just a moment. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord.